Hey, hey, welcome back. That's right. Hi there. My name is Jared Mellick. Sometimes sitting next to me is my father, Ken. He is not here today, so I'm uh, riding solo. Love for you to be part of the show. Called in the house all about home improvement and construction. Uh, I own a business, Universal Roof and Contracting, where we help people with their roofing, siding, and window needs. And then every weekend we can come in and answer your home improvement questions. Uh, I hold uh, four state licenses. I'm a state-certified residential contractor, state-certified building contractor, uh, state-certified roofing contractor, and state-certified general contractor. So uh, I've uh, been in construction my entire life, and uh, so if you have a home improvement question, I will try to help you with it. If uh, you are thinking about doing a remodel or an addition and you want to know which one pays off. Uh, maybe you're thinking about uh, replacing your siding. You want to know what type of siding to use or whether or not you should go over the top. Maybe you've uh, noticed some wood rot somewhere, want to know how to fix it or how to stop it. Uh, perhaps you're thinking about doing uh, um, uh, remodeling your, your kitchen and you want to know how to figure out if uh, the wall that separates your kitchen from your family room is load-bearing. Uh, really anything having to do with home improvement, you can give us a call. Numbers here, 340 1045. That's right, 340-1045. You can also email me a question uh, through our website, uh, questions at universalroofjacks.com. Again, questions at universalroofjacks.com. All right, so the, um, a lot of stuff on our talk agenda today. I've got some email questions that we need to get to. Uh, I've got uh, some other uh, topics in, in general that are going on with home improvement. But the best part of this show is is not me, let's face it. Uh, we know it's you, uh, our great listener here on News 104.5 WOKV. I think we seriously have the best listeners in the world, no doubt about it. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, number to dial 340-1045 uh, with your home improvement questions. All right, so I'm going to start off today uh, straight with um, an email question. And by the way, again, if you want to email us a question, you can do that through our website, um, universalroofjacks.com. Just uh, email questions at universalroofjacks.com. comes right to my phone, and, uh, and I'll read it live on the air and then answer it. All right, so uh, this comes to us from Johnny, uh, and he writes, I noticed a couple weeks ago that I have a section of rotted fascia. Uh, I had a handyman come look at it, and he said to just fill it with putty. Is this an acceptable repair? And if not, how do I repair fascia without affecting the roof? Uh, Very good question. Uh, So, yeah, if you have rotted fascia, um, then uh, my opinion is is I don't think a putty repair is a a sufficient repair. Um, uh, That's – it's just not. Uh, it's like if you went to the dentist and you had a decay on a tooth and his solution was to just uh, throw some gook on it or some putty over the top of it and not actually drill out where the rot is, then that will just continue to get worse. And it's the same thing with this. Uh, uh, there is a wood-destroying organism that is in that wood, and if you do not cut that out, it will just continue to get worse. And so putty is not a good solution. Uh, it would be a better idea to replace that section of fascia. Now, sometimes uh, wood just rots where the where everything else is fine, you know, the water uh, drips off the edge of the roof, water gets on the fascia, and it rots, and there's no further issue other than just what you're seeing, which is the actual wood rot. However, 
many times it's actually a preview to other types of problems. Uh, what I mean by that is sometimes that rotted fascia is just evidence that you have a roof leak above it. Um, and so what will happen is, is edges are very susceptible areas for leakage. Uh, water could be getting up above, uh, underneath of the shingles in some area up above that, that area where the rot is gets in, gets underneath the underlayment system, goes behind the drip edge, and then rots out that uh, rots out that area. So it's possible it's just minor, that it's just the fascia itself that's rotted. Uh, if it's wood, wood exposed to the elements in Florida, it's going to rot, right? We just know that wood rots in Florida. So sometimes it's not a, a further issue and it's just the wood rot. Other times it's, uh, it's showing that there's some, some larger issue. So how do you determine whether it's just a minor rot issue or whether or not it's a major leak issue? Um, I would say in general, having a professional come look at it is, is probably the, the best thing to do. Uh, and uh, we always give free quotes at uh, Universal Roofing Contracting. Uh, you can call our office, um, uh, our office number 647-3907, again, 647-3907 uh, with uh, – uh, we can send somebody out and, and take a look at it. Now, the second part of the question that you had asked is, uh, can it the fascia be uh, replaced without uh, tearing into the roof? Um, the exact way he put it was, and if not, how do I repair fascia without affecting the roof? Sometimes you can replace the fascia without without affecting the roof. It depends on whether or not there's a – many times there's a one-by-two furring strip that goes along the outer edge uh, that keeps the drip edge away from the fascia. Um, if, there, if that is there, then a lot of times it's easier. Um, if the fascia is uh, – if the drip edge is tight up against the fascia, then many times you do have to re- remove the drip edge. And in order to remove the drip edge, you would have to remove whatever type of roofing material is there. Uh, obviously, here in you know Jacksonville area, we more often than not have shingle roofs, and so uh, in general, you'd have to remove some of the shingles uh, in order to remove the drip edge in order to get to the fascia. However, sometimes what we can do is we can actually slide that fascia out without. Uh, cutting into the edge of the roof. Uh, basically, what we'll do is we'll, we'll take a saw blade and actually cut off the tips of the nails and then be able to uh, use a another saw and actually cut the fascia and be able to slide it out without uh, cutting into the edge of the roof. That is that is not as common uh, as you would think. It's it's most of the time when doing fascia repairs, you do need to go into the roof in, in order to do it. Um, also understand that if you hire somebody to do that work, there is a law here in Florida that says even if it's only one shingle, if you are hiring somebody to do work at your home and they are doing any sort of repair to the roof, they must be a state certified or state registered roofing contractor in order to do that work. So if you, uh, if a handyman comes over and tells you that he has to, uh, that he's re- replacing the fascia, if he ha- if he goes into the roof itself, there's a, a state law here in Florida that says that that you must be a state certified roofing contractor in order to do that work. So uh, you cannot hire a handyman to do that. Now, if they can do the the work without actually going into the um, into the roof at all, uh, then a handyman would be able to do that. Now, I actually um, 
am a am a big fan of a different type of fascia other than wood. The problem with wood is that wood rots. And so one of the things that we talk about a lot is rather than have wood fascia is to replace your fascia with hardy board fascia. Uh, hardy is a cement fiber material, much more uh, solid uh, than general wood is, uh, much more resistant to rot than what wood is. Now that's not a minor repair, it's a, it's a major repair. And the only time to do it is the same time that you're replacing the roof. Um, so um, if your roof is fine, then I wouldn't necessarily recommend replacing all of the fascia. But if you are at the point where your roof needs to be replaced anyways, uh, I would definitely remove that that wood fascia that could rot and go back with, uh, with something like Hardy. Uh, another option that you can do is there's a, an aluminum covering uh, that can go over the top of fascia. It's an aluminum fascia that covers over the wood so that that way the wood does not actually get direct water and direct moisture on it. Uh, that's another option as well. But uh, either one of those, it's what it's going to do is it's going to extend the life of your fascia and made it, make it where you do not have uh, those rotting issues. So either one of those would, would, be a, would be a good option for sure. All right. Thank you for that email question. Again, if you want to email us, uh, you can do that questions at universalroofjacks.com. All right. Uh, we had a caller, uh, ended up not uh, holding on. It was Peter in downtown. He had a question about kitchen countertops. Uh, so I'll just read the question and then just go ahead and answer it. Uh, but by the way, there's a line open for you, 340-1045, if you want to be part of the show. All right. So Peter writes, um, uh, switching from formica to stone, uh, and he has concerns about the weight difference. Um it is definitely true that that some of the natural stones, granite or or any of them, or even the quartz material, which is a, a synthetic material, are definitely uh, heavier than what formica is. Uh, so they are definitely a, a heavier product. But in general, I don't think that that is an issue. Now, if you have cabinets that are, um, uh, you know, that are dilapidated or where you have water damage where they're bowing already then that might be an issue but uh, we we install the the granite and the heavier materials over the top of uh, of cabinets all the time uh, and typically it's a it's not an issue now if you are concerned what you can do is you can have your um, your countertop person install some additional supports so let's say that um, that you have a an eight foot run uh, from one side uh, all the way down to the other. Uh, you can actually add some support. So for example, let's say you have a sink in the middle. Uh, you could add a, a properly sized or cut two by four uh, underneath of your sink in, uh, in an area just for additional support so that that way you're taking some of the support or some of the weight off of the cabinets themselves. Uh, and um, uh, any handyman should be able to do that or you can do it yourself. It's, it's uh, not necessarily a, um, a a heavily skilled um, uh, item, you can just add some additional uh, support underneath so that that way it's sitting on that 2x4 as opposed to sitting on the cabinets themselves. But in general, I wouldn't be concerned um, as long as it is, you know, good solid um, uh, good solid cabinetry, uh, then it should be okay. And if it's not good solid cabinetry, I'm, I would, wouldn't do it anyways because... 
realistically you're putting um, a, a very nice uh, material that's supposed to last a long time on top of a, a material that's not solid. So if you have a concern about your cabinets, I would probably replace the cabinets at the same time uh, you're in, uh, adding the stone uh, if you're concerned about um, the quality or the uh, durability or the strength of the cabinets that you're putting it on. Uh, what I mean by that is is that if you if the, it looks so bad that you're concerned about the weight, uh, then uh, then don't dress it up uh, by putting a, a really good expensive material over the top of it. Uh, this is like a foundation to the home, uh, uh, and so you want to make sure that any sort of uh, foundational material is always in good shape before you put anything else over the top of it. So, uh, good luck with that project. Thank you for your call. We do appreciate it. And again, uh, if you want to take his line, uh, the number here, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045 with your home improvement questions. All right, that music means that we need to take a break. When we come back, more home improvement talk. You're listening to In the House with Ken and Jared on News 1045 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome back. In the House with Ken and Jared. Your home improvement questions are answered here. Hi, my name is Jared Malik. I own Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, we locally help with your roofing, siding, and window needs, and then we answer your home improvement questions every weekend here on News 104.5 WOKV. Real happy to be part of the WOKV family. Love this station. Uh, if you want more information on us, you can uh, visit our website, universalroofjacks.com. Also, if you get a chance, check out our uh, radio show site, in the house show.com uh, just uh, just uh, did a brand new uh, website uh, with some fun new stuff and uh, we'll be talking about um, that more over the next few weeks as we're adding more and more content uh, to the website but it's uh, in the house show.com all right let's go uh, straight to the phones let's talk to Brian in Riverside how you doing today Brian all right I've got a uh, question and comment on the uh, previous call you had concerning the wood rod on the fascia board um, yes, sir. in the past in the past what I've done with a uh, uh, rotten wood that was difficult to replace is I've dug out the rotten wood <clears throat> used a product called copper tox and I really soaked mm -hmm. the uh, remaining area uh, with copper tox <clears throat> and then put in nails or screws to anchor it and then I followed it up with a uh, uh, a low viscosity uh, uh, polyurethane or epoxy to really soak into the remaining wood and gone ahead and patched it, <clears throat> it with Bondo or something like that. It seems to work for oh, a number of years, but I don't believe the copper tox is available anymore. I'm wondering what you think of that repair and if there's any uh, uh, equivalent to, to uh, copper tox on the market now. Yeah, not that I know of. I, I actually there was a I um there was an article probably eight to ten years ago specifically about that product. I, I'm trying to remember who wrote it. It was a a builder that I follow out of the Midwest. Actually, um, uh, I I forget his name, but he had written an article about the product, and, and I haven't seen it since. You're right, um, but I, I am familiar with it. Any of the there are some epoxies and things that are that are. Out is filler materials. Yes, yeah, uh, and uh, yep, and yeah, I'm still there. If if you can if you can hear me, but um, but there's definitely uh, there are some epoxies. There are some other fillers. Those are good as temporary measures, um, but uh, permanently 
obviously if you can replace that section of fascia it's it's always going to be better as a permanent repair but if that can buy you some time until let's say you know if you if your roof only has a few years left and, and you want to buy some time that's not a bad uh, it's not a bad option at all so mm-hmm. okay all right good. thank you thanks Brian appreciate your call if you want to take his line, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. Let's talk to Wade in St. Augustine. Wade, how are you doing today? Good. I had what can I help you out with? I, I had to put a roof on a few years ago. I wanted to put a solar panel in. Uh, my wife didn't like the idea of it being on put on a new roof. But uh, I wanted one that was laid flat against the, the roof like a skylight. But now since... Mm-hmm. since uh, the roof's already on. I wondered what the best option to uh, mount a, a solar panel on the roof would be because they said that they're, they're always susceptible to leaks. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have holes put through the roof, it, there is a, a likelihood that you, that you will get water in. Um, now, what type of solar panel is this? Is it for the water heater or is it just for, to heat your pool? It was actually going to be for my hot tub. It was small, a small single panel about the size of a skylight. Okay. So the important thing is is that there's different bracket systems when it comes to the installation of the solar panels. And, and the key if you, are, if you are going to use solar panels on a roof is that you want to anchor down into the trusses. So many of the solar panels, what they do is they just anchor into the plywood and then you get um, uh, shifting with expansion and contraction, with temperature differences, uh, with wind that will come along. It'll actually vibrate or move that solar panel. And if it's not anchored properly into the actual trusses, then it can cause some additional holes and and uh, and problem areas where it connects through the roof. Now, some of the manufacturers of solar panels, they make a bracket system that you can slide either way to either direction so that that way you can actually anchor it down inside uh, into the truss itself. And so those ones, I, I, I'm not as... Um, uh, as concerned about as the ones that do not have that sliding bracket system. Uh, so if you, if you, if as you're doing this, if you're down to a couple different manufacturers, if you want to email me the, um, the, the bracket system, I can look at it and tell you which one I would do if it were my house. And then the other thing that I want you to do is before you do solar panels, I want you to look at the other heating methods to see what the cost difference is between them. I, being a roofing contractor, I always have a problem with putting additional things on the roof because it's problem areas where you can have leaks later on. And so I would, I would highly look at either the, the heat pump system or look at the gas um, uh, heating systems just so that you can get a cost comparison, both an operational cost as well as installation cost, just to make sure that it's something that you want to do. Um, okay. uh, if it's my house... I probably would not use the solar, but I'm kind of a freak about roofs because I'm a roofer. So okay. Also about the uh, the solar people that the, the contractors do they have to be certified roofers to, to touch the roof? It's a great question. I'm going to answer that question coming up in the next break. You're listening in the house on News 104.5 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome back in the house with Ken and Jared. Your home improvement questions are answered here. Thank you so much for being part of the show. We do appreciate it. We're heard here every Saturday morning. And if you want to contact our company, uh, our website, universalroofjacks.com. 
universalroofjacks.com is our website and our office number 647-3907. Before the break, we were talking to Wade in St. Augustine. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Um, So what was the the second part of that question so that uh, Uh, listeners can hear? You mentioned that you had to be a a roofer to be able to go into the roof. Does that include the solar contractors, solar panel installers? No, they have a special exclusion um, uh, in order to install the solar panels where they do not have to be a state-certified roofing contractor as long as they can penetrate the roofing system without physically making any repairs to the roofing system. So, for example, let's say that there's a bad shingle and they they, in the area where they're going to install the solar panels, they would have to hire a roofing contractor to replace that bad shingle. But if the roof is in fine condition – they are allowed to penetrate the roofing system without getting a roofing contractor involved. Okay, but I assume they're trained in that in some way. Um, <laughs> Am I assuming wrong? Well, I mean, uh, I would assume. I mean, I think it's going to depend on the company. I mean, right. in general, they have to. They have to. Uh, you know, they're going to warrant it, and so in order to pass the exam, they have to have cursory. Um, knowledge on how solar panels connect to roofing but if you've seen some of what i've seen i would say that there's probably not a whole lot of training on roofing processes i think that in general a solar company is going to be great at solar and kind of mediocre at roofing in the same respect i think that most roofing contractors would be great at roofing and mediocre at solar so i think that Obviously, finding a solar company that that is both both a roofing contractor and solar contractor would be great. Unfortunately, there's just not too many of those. So, All right. um, well, I guess my wife was. Uh, she'll be happy to hear she was right. I won't tell her if you, if you want me to keep it a secret, as long as she doesn't listen to the show. But in like, I'm not anti-solar on roofs, so I don't want to make it sound that way. There's applications where I think that solar are a really good idea. Um, it's just in general with my house, I probably wouldn't put solar on to heat my pool. Now, I probably would use solar as supplemental power to my home. Just because I think it's a, I think it's great, and the risk versus reward, you know, you're getting supplemental energy, and and so I can I can argue for that a lot. But when we're talking about heating the pool, you're putting a hole in the roof, and then it's up there all the time, but you're really only gaining a couple months of swimming time. So what I would do in that scenario is I would end up using a heat pump, or I would end up using a gas heater, just because. You're, you don't have to put a hole in the roof, and then you're only using that when you actually need it. So that's what I personally would do. But All right. I'll look into that. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate your call. All right. Bye. All right. Let's, uh, let's see. Let's go to Bruce. Bruce, you are in the house. Go ahead. Hey. How you doing this morning? Doing really good. Thanks for your call, man. I have a, about a, a 12 by 30 deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, two to six, and it's got a, either a black mold or fungus. Okay. And I have no idea where it's coming from, and I've lost seven boards. It's actually seven years old. It's all pressure treated. It's three mm-hmm. foot off the ground, and it was all pre-treated with termite uh, spray mm-hmm. before the, the decking was ever laid. Right. And I've got seven boards that are almost rotted all the way through. Wow. And I've, after the couple hundred decks that I've built, 
I have never come across this in my life. The only thing that's different about this one is it is built over a septic tank. And there's a trap door cut into the deck that I can pull out with D-clips if I need to access the septic tank. Got it. And I do this stuff just started, and it's just spreading board to board to board to board all the way down the line. Hmm. So there's a, f- a few things. Um, one is is that it, when it comes to pressure treating of wood, there's it's not like it's all done exactly the same with the same materials. There's been modifications of, of pressure treating over the years, oh, and yeah. there's methods that are better better than others. And so we we have found that you can have two boards right next to each other, maybe treated at different times, or the or it just absorbed the treatment better, where certain wood would res- would last longer longer than others. And so it's very possible that you just got a batch that just wasn't great. So that's one thing that it could be. Secondly is is that when there is more moisture in an area, it is going to rot faster than when there's when there's less moisture. And there's no doubt that when it's over us now it's over the septic tank or the drain field. It's over the septic tank, but it's in the sun 90% of the day. Hmm. This is what gets me is because it is in the sun ninety percent of the day. Yeah, so if it was over the drain field, I could say, okay, there's a higher amount of moisture in that area, and maybe there's some sort of crack uh, in the septic tank as well that could be allowing more moisture out where the where the moisture is actually from underneath, um, uh, you know, more moisture in that area, which causes it to rot faster. So it could be that. Um, so, how long ago was this uh, was this deck installed? I put it in seven years ago, and the boards that are actually rotting and where the, the the black either fungus or mold I'm not sure which which it is whether it's a fungus or whether it's a, a true black mold. Um, right, is actually on the opposite end of where the septic tank is. Yep. Now the other thing is is that if if memory serves me correctly. Um, uh, right around seven years ago is when they had stopped using the the, the copper, the CCA, uh, and because there was a bunch of news stories about how the um, I'm sorry, they stopped using the arsenic and went to the copper. Uh, yeah, right that's around correct. seven it years ago, yellow wood instead of being yep. what you know we used to always get PT. Well, this was that new yellow wood that came out. Yep. So I bet because if we if we remember, here's what happened is is that there was a bunch of national news stories about about the arsenic and about the danger with children and how they would if they put their hands on it and then licked their right, hands, right. for example, or ate something that arsenic, small amounts of arsenic could come in. And so if you remember, there was a time period where it was almost like over a one month or two month period where everybody switched from arsenic to the copper, and and so I. If I were to guess, I think that you just got caught in that time period where they hadn't necessarily perfected the new, um, uh, you know, the 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 new resistance. So okay. I think it's more of a bad batch of wood than anything else. Is my guess. That's what I because right around seven years ago is exactly when that happened. Yeah, because once I put it down, we let it dry out for about three weeks and then put a uh, stain on it, and it's been stained once a year ever since then. Yeah, you know, it was a protective coating. Yeah. So it, it just it now what you, me. I was like, what? 
Yeah. Now, what you can do is if you want to if you want to spray some fungicide on there just to try to kill the um, you know that surface fungus or algae, uh, that may not be a bad idea. Um, just to see if that helps um, you know re- um, resist the rot. Uh, so you can try that. But uh, otherwise, I think that this is just something that you're just going to have to deal with. Yeah, no, I'll replace the wood. My biggest concern as far as that goes is, is the fungicide now, at this point, going to stop it from touching the house. Yeah, probably not. You know, yeah. now, now I'm worried about whether it's going to run into the house or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, yeah, it, it would be my concern as well. So, I mean, I think fungicide will help restrict it. Is it going to stop it? Probably not. Okay. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Bruce. Really appreciate your call. Have a have a good day. You too. All right, number to dial three four zero one zero four five again three four zero one zero four five with your home improvement questions. Also, if you want to email us a question, you can do that through our website questions at universalroofjacks dot com. All right, let's go to Bill in Middleburg. Bill, you're in the house. How can I help you? Yeah, are you familiar with uh, Louisiana Pacific Siding? Yep, sure am. Okay, I had a home built about 21 years ago, and, you know, it was with that siding, and it was bad siding come about, and, um, you know, I put a little wrap around the bottom, you know, about a foot up to kind of control it, you know, cut it out and put something in that wouldn't rot, and now for resale value, uh, would it be smart to maybe just replace that bottom you know, them bottom sheets on the sides because the front's not affected because we've got a porch and things like that on it. But the sides, you think I should treat or replace that bottom or just, you know, paint it up, caulk it up good and let it go? Sure. Well, what are your plans with the house? Like you said, resale value. Are you thinking about putting it on the market or what, do you, what are your plans? Yeah, well, if we did, I was just wondering, you know, would that hurt the resale you know, or would it pay off to come in and redo that siding to make it look, oh, okay, we got brand new siding and, you know, yeah. it's like you painted the house or something like that versus, oh, well, we got a potential problem here later on, you know, we're going to have to deal with affecting yeah. the price of the home. Yeah, very, very good question. So the, the LP or Louisiana Pacific siding, it was found to be defective siding. There was a class action lawsuit against the manufacturer. They settled the lawsuit and, and then if you got within the, the class action lawsuit, which it's over now, it's too late now, but if you got within, within certain time periods, they actually gave you money towards replacing of that siding. So, if you look at – if you have a defective product on a home that has a class action lawsuit against it, having that on your home is definitely going to to uh, decrease the value of the home. So if that were my house, what I would do is I would remove the old Louisiana Pacific siding, all of it, and I would go back with Hardy Board. That's what I would personally do, um, and I would do it sooner rather than later for a couple reasons. One is is that th- this product was found to be defective for a reason. It allows moisture intrusion within the layers of the material, and I've replaced hundreds of these houses with the LP siding on it. And I can tell you in every single one that I ever did, there was moisture intrusion in areas and staining on, uh, on the wood supports and staining on the insulation where there wasn't even evidence of water intrusion. So every right. single one of them I've ever replaced, you're getting water inside the house. Second 
second thing is is the reason why I would do it immediately is a lot of people will wait to do improvements until right before they sell. The problem with that is that you then you don't get to enjoy whatever product it is. So for example, a buddy uh, a buddy of mine just put his house on the market and so he ended up replacing uh, one of his bathrooms he replaced some some fascia on the outside he did all of these improvements that he really should have done three or four years ago and now he's doing them all right before he sells the house so he didn't even get to enjoy him he still had to pay for him he still had to do them except he didn't get to actually enjoy the benefit of it uh, it's only the new people that get the benefit of it so rather than wait and and let somebody else get the benefit I think it's better for you to get the benefit yourself Yourself. And then the third reason why I would do it now is because of cost. Things always get more expensive. They never get less expensive. I've never had anybody say, oh, siding is so much cheaper this year than it was five years ago. It's right. going to get more expensive. We know that it is. And so if, you're, if you have to do it anyways, it's better to not wait. It's better to just get it done. And um, so – I personally, if it were my house, I would go ahead and replace the LP siding with Hardy. Okay, well, do this then. Is there any way you can connect me back with your uh, switchboard operator or whatever, and I'll maybe give him my number, and y'all can give me a call next week and try to set Perfect. Up, come out and look at it. Yep, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and Scott will get your information, and I'll have somebody from my office. A call, uh, but we um, uh, and then if you want to call our office as well, it's a uh, six. Of course, Eric code nine zero four, but six four seven thirty nine zero seven. But we'll get your information and and we'll give you a call next week and set up a time for one of our guys to come look at it. We're actually having a special on siding right now um, uh, uh, that is really good. So um, uh, if you now is actually a really good time to do siding. We're trying to build the siding portion of our business, and so we're actually having quite a few specials on siding right now. So um, it's a it's a great time to do it. Does your company actually replace the siding, or do you contract it to somebody else? No, we do it ourselves. Yeah, okay. we do it ourselves. All right. Yep. All right, All right brother. Thanks. thanks a lot for your call. All right, hold on one second. Scott will get your information. All right, when we take when we get back, uh, we're going to talk to Nick and Middleburg. Uh, line open for you, 340-1045. Uh, you're listening to In the House. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, welcome back. In the house with Ken and Jared, your home improvement questions are answered here. I know we uh, got a little bit cut off right before the break. Sorry about that. But if you want to call my office, it's 647-3907. Again, my office line, 647-3907. We help people on a weekly basis with their roofing, siding, and window needs. So if you um, – actually, we had quite a few storms this week. Uh, so if you uh, receive some storm damage or just want to have your roof inspected, uh, again, that number is 647-3907. And as I was telling the caller before the break, we're having some pretty big specials on siding right now, uh, 647-3907. Also, our website, universalroofjacks.com. Again, universalroofjacks.com. And you can set an appointment through that um, uh, through that uh, that uh, website. All right, let's go to Nick. Nick, how are you doing today, man? Good morning, fellas. Um, I heard the uh, conversation with regard to a, a solar heater for, I guess it was a hot tub. Is that yes. correct? Okay. Um, yes, it was. Yep. I wouldn't recommend putting a solar heater on a hot tub because it's a relatively small amount of water. Uh, if the roof is more than about 10 years old and you put the solar heater on, it's going to have to be replaced at some point because you talk right. 10 years is half the life of a roof, okay? 
A conventional yep. gas heater would be my best suggestion. Okay, uh, you crank it up real quick, real hot, um, and it works out real, real well. So uh, a, a, a heat pump won't work all that well in the winter time because you'll only get so many degrees. Um, it works right. on ambient temperature, so you'll get you know maybe ninety, ninety-five degrees, which isn't really all that warm for January. Okay, uh, a conventional yep. gas heater, crank it up real quick, you'll get good uh, response from it. You're looking at about four grand, give or take a little bit, depending on the installation. Versus maybe three or four thousand dollars for a solar heater up on the roof, and a heat pump about five or six thousand dollars. Okay, so a conventional gas heater would be a, a, my best uh, uh, recommendation. Very good. Okay. I, I've well, got thanks for one. adding to the conversation. Yeah, no problem. Uh, good luck to the guy. And like I said, uh, those gas the gas heaters are relatively inexpensive. The gas is a little bit pricey, but if you don't use it, you don't have to heat it. And when you want to heat it, it cranks up in about twenty, thirty minutes. So you're good to go. That's great. Great advice. Thanks, Nick. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, we have the best uh, we have the best callers and the best listeners here on uh, News One Hundred Four Five WOKV. Thanks for thanks for the info. Appreciate it. All right, let's see. We've got an email question that I want to get to before the end of the show. Uh, only have a couple minutes left. Uh, this comes to us from Dean. He says, I have a metal roof with an airspace, uh, then, if the shing- uh, then the shingles. If I install a radiant barrier to the bottom of the rafters or trusses, would the heat build up, cook my shingles? Um, so, uh, yeah, well, if the... If the metal roof has a dead airspace built into it, then uh, then no, uh, because uh, a lot of the heat actually will be restricted and uh, in that dead airspace. Um, usually, the um, the radiant barrier that you're describing goes on the bottom side uh, of the top cord of the truss, uh, and then you have a second dead airspace uh, there in that area. The only thing with that radiant barrier, you still have to make sure that you have ventilation, so you want to make sure that uh, a continuous ridge vent is the only type of ventilation that will work with that radiant barrier style. Uh, anytime you restrict hot air, you want to make sure that you have a uh, an area for that hot air to be able to escape otherwise it would cook the shingles so uh, the answer to the question is yes if you don't have the right ventilation if you do have the right ventilation then that's perfectly okay you can install that radiant barrier and let us know uh, if you want us to come look at it uh, universal roof and contracting again our office number 647-3907 want to thank everybody for listening today we do appreciate it again uh, shows called in the house uh, every Saturday morning visit our website in the house show.com thank you for listening God bless see ya pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from McDonald's Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.